We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the 22nd day of June, year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, it's good to see you. How are you? Healthy and alive. Uh, it's a bit heated now after um, we just had watched a clip prepping for the show of a, uh, the press secretary uh, peeing on you and saying it's raining. She is just all over things, isn't she? She, she is yeah. just she's all over things. She is going to tell you exactly how things are. Now, the question is. It, you might ask me, you might be asking as the listener already, what in the world are we talking about? We're talking about the economy. And I, I just happened to play it because it just popped up. She's in the, she's in the press room right now. And I, I could not believe what I was hearing. And I don't think Bruce could believe what he was hearing either. Every single thing that this woman is about to say is verifiably untrue. Every single thing that she says is verifiably, if you're an American, and I, I almost hesitate to even say that because of how things are across the world at the moment. But if you're an American specifically, because that's what she's referencing, you can see these things. These are very clear predicaments that people are in. What are we doing here? We're energy independent or we're not. What's it going to be? We're creating jobs or we're not. We're creating manufacturing or we're not. Which, let's be honest, at the current level of development for our civilization, what does the underpinning of our economy represent petrochemicals, right? That's the underpinning of our economy. If we don't have petrochemicals of any kind, rather that's, uh, I guess I shouldn't even say that. I mean, and I don't want to call them fossil fuels anymore because that term is now in debate. And then the more I look at it, I, I recently discovered through my uh, researching and following paper trails that the reason we call them fossil fuels is because that term was given to that particular aspect of our economy by the Rockefeller Foundation. Why was that the case? Well, they founded, owned, and ran Standard Oil. Well, if you classify something as a limited resource, you can then regulate and control what the price is, can't you? And if you base everything in the economy off of that, well, then that gives you even more control, doesn't it? So since we have an economy in the world, uh, since we have a world economy, since our civilization is based on petrochemicals, in order for us to progress to the next stage of our development and our innovation, we have to continue to use petrochemicals. Well, they're hell-bent on ending all of that, or haven't you been paying attention? All of the new drilling in the United States has been ceased under the Obiden... Uh, yeah, un yeah, that's the right one, isn't it? Under the Obiden administration. Keystone has been shut down. That's done. Coal fire plants, natural gas burners, those are all shut down for the most part. You still got a lot of them working, but they're working to shuttle that down. And they're telling you what? Wind, solar, lithium batteries, electric cars, right? What are you going to power that with? Wind and solar? That makes up less than 5%. I don't care which country you're from. Any country, pick any country that does the wind and solar thing. That makes up 5% or less of your energy generation in your economies. The rest of it is nuclear and petrochemicals. These 
things are what create jobs. You create jobs, you create a middle class. You create a middle class, you create consumers. And the consumers then turn around, buy your product, and keep the supply chain moving. Therefore, you have expansion. You have more people that go to the institutions that get educated to do the better jobs. And as a result, if you have a free market, which we don't, you have innovation and you can work your way onto the next thing. Well, that's being stifled. As a result, you've now got a Federal Reserve Bank that has kept interest rates at well, almost negative for a decade. And people that are like us, just common sense minded people that are not economists. We're, we're not we're not multi-billionaire people. Hell, we're not multi-millionaire people. We're just average Joes on the street. And we're sitting there thinking, what are you doing? Why are you keeping interest rates at zero? None of this should be possible. None of this. Everything that we've been seeing over the last decade with the economy, I've been sitting here scratching my head. I know Wall Street guys, and I've been asking them over the course of 10 years, this has got to end at some point, right? This all has to stop. This can't continue, can it? The closest thing I got to a response one time, and this is from somebody that's been in the business for many, many years and somebody that I trust. And the closest thing I got to an actual response, and they weren't talking to me like an investor. They were talking to me like, I'll just put it this way. They were talking to me like a friend. And the response I got was, I just hope that they aren't doing what I think they're doing. So the Fed now decides that in 2008, which by the way, um, that is what they were doing that he hoped that they weren't doing. The Fed in 2008 bailed out the world banking system for almost 140 trillion US dollars. First of all, you can't print that kind of money. We'd still be printing if that were the case. Second, you can't digitize that kind of money and expect to believe there will not be consequences. You cannot print, and I'm just using that, that term, I mean, because we're not printing anymore, we're just digitizing. You cannot print phantom money, monopoly money, more or less. You, you can't expand the money supply like they have, backed by nothing, and expect that this is all going to work. The excess cash has to be burned off somewhere, so what are they doing? Have you been to a supermarket? Have you been to a fuel station? Of course, these things aren't counted in the inflation metrics, but you're the one. I'm the one. We're the ones that are paying for their bad deeds. Central banks always want to hyperinflate their way out of problems that they themselves have created. If you're paying double, triple, quadruple, or even higher on a product, that's not because that product is worth more. That's because the value of your money is worth less. That's 101. So when you have this, you're the one that's paying for their mistakes. They're getting that money back out of that devalued product from the devalued cash that they've overprinted in the first place. They're the ones that were left holding the bag and they're making us pay for it. In the meantime, while they're pissing all over our back, they're telling us it's raining, just like Bruce laid out in the beginning. This is the press secretary of whatever her name is, Corinne Jean-Pierre, whatever her name is. I could not believe what I was hearing, and I don't think you're going to believe it either. The president said last week that um, uh, there's no inevitability around a recession, but there is a, a greater deal of, of market concern about uh, exactly that. Uh, and I know that inflation is your number one concern, but can you talk a little bit about if you're doing anything at all to prevent uh, a recession or a rise in unemployment? So the way that we see this, and 
you've heard us uh, talk about this, that we're in a moment of transition. Uh, we have we have seen uh, we are in a unique situation with our uh, with the historical uh, gains with our economy. Uh, the way that uh, we see it is unemployment rate has held steady at 3.6, which is also near historic uh, lows. Uh, business in investment remains strong. Uh, household balance sheets remain strong. Uh, there was an analysis that came out recently that showed middle class Americans had an additional $10,000 dollars in savings then before the pandemic. Uh, another analysis found that all income groups had higher uh, checking account balances at the end of March than they had pre-pandemic. So we see that the strengths that we, our economic strength that we uh, have seen from this past year, from the action that the president has taken with the American Rescue Plan, uh, with what we have seen uh, with the historical gains, uh, that is going to help us deal uh, with the recession. Right now, we don't see a recession right now. That is not. We're not in a recession right now. Uh, right now, we're in a transition where we we will we are uh, going to go into a place of stable and steady growth, and that's going to be uh, that's that's going to be our focus. You're in a transition to go from where you are now to stable and steady growth. However, everything that you just said said that you were growing at historic pace anyway. So what? You're going to grow even more based on what? I would love to see these metrics that they're putting out. Bruce, do you have an extra $10,000 just laying around that you didn't have before? Do you have a higher checking account now than you've had uh, pre-pandemic? Do you have a higher checking account now? Because I don't think you do. No, no, I don't. And what she's saying there, we're in a transition. Uh, the first thing you should ask is transition into what? Now, she does claim towards the end of that, that we're transitioning into a more stable uh, economy that's going to grow and increase. That should be kind of a red flag saying we're in a recession, we're, we're collapsing. They're telling you, you have more in savings when you can look, when you can look in your bank account and go, yeah, there, there's moths flying around in here. There's not as much in here as they're saying. You, you look in your uh, checking account and uh, hopefully you're not in the red and paying those extra fees, but we're not in a recession. The only way to really officially tell that you're in a recession is to look behind you. While you're in the recession, you don't necessarily know you're in the recession until you get a few quarters behind you. Once you get the two quarters behind you and you are seeing, you know, high losses in those quarters, uh, then you can say, okay, we're, we're probably in a recession. I just want to know what we're transitioning to in all of this. We, we know. We've talked about it before. You'll own They're nothing and you'll be happy about it. Exactly. They're transitioning into nothing. Literally, it's it's nothing. They're going to turn everything off and they're going to put you back into like you're, you're not going to have lights. You're not going to have food. You're not going to have heating. They're literally going to starve everybody out. That's what this oh, is. No, you, you'll have all those things as long as you do as you're told. Right. Yeah. As long as you have the digital ID and the, the digital wallet and all of that stuff. Yes, of course. Um, I have I do have a clip of Yorval um, uh, Noah Harari that I want to get to uh, that useless windbag. Uh, I want to play a clip of him, but I'll get to that in a second. On with that point, the, the recession, Bruce, I think you misunderstood. They have all the tools they need to deal with the recession, but they don't see a recession. Then then we're not going to be in a recession. So I think you misunderstood. Yeah, that's, that made it pretty clear that uh, the question was, are you doing anything to curb recession? Anything. And the answer was, we're transitioning. Uh, you have more money in your pocket. And no, we're not doing anything. That, that That's basically 
the answer. Petrol in the United States is anywhere between five and seven dollars a gallon or even higher, depending on where you are. If you're in California, I think it's pushing like eight or nine. Uh, but if you're it's pushing 10 now, is it, it pushing it 10? Like I, I know I know there were a couple of stations. High. Yeah, I know there were a couple of stations in L.A. that were spotted that had uh, a ten dollar a gallon sign on it. Uh, Diesel's headed to 10 to 15 a gallon by the end of next month. If you don't believe that, then I got a bridge in Arizona. I'm ready to sell you because they want to make it impossible for the farmers to be able to put the implements in the field. That's what they want. You can seriously look at those high fuel prices. You can look at those high food prices and you can tell me that Americans have more money in their savings account. They have more money in their checking account than at any time before the pandemic. This is as bad as the clips we played yesterday of Fauci. This is the disconnect. We're seeing the disconnect on all levels. The White House talking points, which she's terrible, by the way, Fauci's talking points, the medical establishment's talking points, the talking points by people like Bill Gates, all of these talking points, all of this is disconnected from reality. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an economist. I'm not an ist of any kind. I don't have degrees or uh, or higher education or, or study in any of that stuff. As I said, I have an investigative background and I have common sense. I can see reality. I can follow a paper trail. What these people say, what these people do, and how they speak is not reality. I'm preaching to the choir here. If I sound repetitive, if, if, I, if I am trying to do anything here, I'm trying to appeal to the new listeners. I understand that the people that have been listening to us for a long time, you already know this. I get it. We get new listeners all the time. And so I don't want them to think that we're not seeing things as they are, which of course we are. This is something else. And I, I want to be I want to be very clear on this. These people at the top of the um, at the top of the pyramid here, the, the Klaus Schwab types, do you honestly think that these people see you in any kind of a future that they're creating? Do you do you believe that? Do you think that you've got a seat at the table? And that goes for the politicians that are doing their bidding. That goes for the corporations that are doing their bidding, the stakeholders, as Schwab likes to say. Do you think you have a seat at that table? Historically, and again, I'm a novice in, in that region. I'm not a historian. All I know is what I've studied from my own learning experience. Historically, those people that help usher in the new totalitarian superstate, you don't make it. None of you do, including the people that are at the top. People like Klaus Schwab. People like Klaus Schwab don't have a seat at that table. Why doesn't he have a seat at that table? Because there's always someone that's more radical than that person. And you might say, well, look at guys like, you know, some of the big, the most famous totalitarian dictators in history. Look at Mussolini. Look at Joseph Stalin. Look at Hitler. Look at uh, Mao Zedong, these people, right? Pol Pot in Cambodia. Look, look at these people. Hugo Chavez, Fidel Castro, all that stuff. Okay, maybe, maybe if that person can consolidate power and those dictators were able to do so, maybe if they can consolidate power, they might make it. If not, then the entire structure of what they try to create collapses. But see, those people end up living in nothing but a, a perpetual state of hysteria, fear, and their own paranoia, which is where a lot of people think that Putin is right now. I'm not sure that he is. I don't really know. I don't know the man. I can tell you this. You don't get to be head of the FSB in Russia if you can't handle pressure and play politics. But do these people surrounding the World Economic Forum and, and the, the Klaus Schwab types, do they have a future? And the politicians, the underlings of the corporations, notice what I just said, the underlings of the corporations. Why would the politicians be doing the bidding of the corporations? They do the bidding of the corporations because that's what they're told to do. The corporations are the stakeholders. Never forget that. The politicians are not. So where are they going with this? Where do they go from here? 
This is going to sound like some sci-fi stuff that I'm about to talk about. But again, this is not me saying this. This is them saying this. When I started telling people years ago, I said, hey, look, these people, they're not playing around. They literally believe that they're going to upload their consciousness into an AI supercomputer or quantum computer or whatever, and they're going to become AI gods, and they're going to rule over everybody else's life using the technology that they're trying to implement now. That's going to be your social credit system. The governments are irrelevant. Your constitutions are irrelevant. Understand that. Don't take my word for it. Listen to Yuval Harari. All big changes frighten people. We are probably one of the last generations of Homo sapiens. In a century or two, we will either destroy ourselves or far more likely is that we will use technology to upgrade ourselves into something different. We are facing changing the most basic rules of the game of life. For four billion years of evolution, life evolved by natural selection and life was confined to the organic realm. Doesn't matter if you're an amoeba or dinosaur or a homo sapien, you're made of organic compounds. Life will evolve by intelligent design and it will break out of the organic realm into the inorganic with the creation of the first inorganic life forms. There'll still be beings, entities on planet Earth, but they will be probably much more different from us than we are different from Neanderthals or from chimpanzees. It's a complete game changer. It will also enable for the first time to break out of planet Earth. It's almost impossible to sustain human life or organic life in general in outer space and on other planets. But once you make the switch from the organic to the inorganic, there is no problem sustaining artificial intelligence. So if you think about Star Trek, Star Wars and all that, they still depict people like us flying in a spaceship in the speed of light. But th what they miss is that the really different thing won't be the spaceships, it will be the beings flying in the spaceships. It won't be something like us, it will be something very different. It's evolutionary, but it's not evolution by natural selection, it's evolution by intelligent design. Okay. There's a lot that I can pick apart with this, but I want to start at the beginning. Let's start with the genesis of this. And I use that term specifically. This whole idea, I, I, I don't hear any talk in there about uh, the divine creator. Do you? I, I don't. I, I don't. Because... I do. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, because he thinks he's... Yeah, he, he, think, he thinks he's the creator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you why I don't buy this theory of evolution. I understand things evolve. I get it. You know, I'm, I, I understand. That's just the natural course of things. I get it. But this idea that we evolved out of chimpanzees, and again, this is just my own personal belief. Somebody else wants to believe something other than this, then they're free to do so. I don't have anything against that. And I don't have anything against Harari if he believes that. But what I'm saying is me personally, let's say for a second that we evolved from uh, chimpanzees and all the way up into uh, gorillas and then Neanderthals and then on to where we are now. Let's just say that that's true. Okay, well, you don't achieve a certain point and then that's the end of the line and the evolution stops. Evolution continues. If that's the case, we still have these primates on Earth. We still have them here. If that's the case... Why isn't the evolution process still happening? The evolutionary process should still continue. It doesn't cease. That's my argument to that. The next thing is that we're going to 
transition humanity? We're going to build something else? I I'm sorry, have you or have you not? Or has anybody around you, have you not been paying attention over the last three years? Hell, it's even longer than that. Let let's just take the last 10. Let's take the start of this green revolution crap. You're going to build some kind of a, of a new future based on what? Your little windmills, your little solar panels, your little lithium batteries? I don't think so. I don't think so. I understand, though, that that stuff is just for us, the peasant, right? That's for us. That's for us to to fight over and, and to argue about and to have something that just doesn't work and it's never going to work. I don't see these people as, which I, I mean, honestly, are, are they? When, when I say people, are they? I think they're animals, given what they've done to humanity over the last three years. That's just my opinion. They believe they're they believe they're animals. If you if you if you subscribe to the idea of evolution, they, they you're an animal. That uh, is true. By their definition, that that is true. To that to that point, yeah, you're right. But I don't see these people as as enlightened as divine. I think that man is a psychopath. He's a psychopath. This is the individual that is praised by the likes of Bill Gates and Barack Obama. He's an advisor to Klaus Schwab. That's a psychopath. That's not an enlightened individual that's a futurist that's going to pave your way into the future. That's a person that wants you exterminated. And quite frankly, I have to say from their standpoint, from that standpoint, they've been pretty effective over the last few years in getting people to do what they want. I could continue to ramble. I'm not going to. I've talked enough on that subject, uh, but I'm happy to uh, to go on about it. I want to give you a chance to, to speak on it because I feel like I'm drowning you out. Go ahead. So... Uh, I, I will push back a little bit and say I'm I'm not taking as much of a libertarian stance when it comes to evolution and creation. Um, if you believe in evolution, you're acting a fool. I'm not calling you a fool. I'm saying you're acting like one. When you look at the statistical probability that evolution happened, it's one in 10 to the one billionth power. In nature, one in 10 to the 50th power is the maximum something can randomly happen. That is the accepted maximum that something can happen. One in 10 to the billionth power. That's that's one times 10 with a billion zeros behind it. That's the chances that evolution happened and all the creatures and everything evolved from pond scum. That no, that it did not happen that way. Whether or not we were created by an all-seeing power, uh, you know, God, if you will, or aliens. Okay, I'll leave that up to you to decide. But if you think evolution is a thing in the, in the sense of the Big Bang and we evolved from other creatures, you're acting a fool. And I will say there are like 12 definitions of evolution. And yes, evolution does happen. It's adaptation. That, that is true. You'll see changes in uh, within species that retain the same, like they're, they're still the same species. They've just like, for example, cats growing more fur when in winter or dogs or, or other animals. They grow more fur when it's cold and they shed more when it's hot. Those types of things are adaptations. They're not mutations to where they're completely changing uh, uh, chromosomes. They're, they're having millions of changes within one lifetime. That, that's not what's happening. Those kind of changes kill creatures. The, the, the levels of evolution that we're talking about going from pond scum to all the other different like single cell to uh, a, a tadpole, going from those different changes, there's immense amounts of genetic change that has to happen. And it leaves the organism so vulnerable, they would have died. You, you, it, it's impossible for those kind of evolutions to happen. It, it just does not happen. So 
that's the evolution side of things, which is I I think I see where you're you're going, where you're thinking. But go yeah, ahead. I I think I think you maybe nonchalantly just kind of wandered into that area. But let, let's just before we drift from it, let's let's talk about it for a second. On that point, you say that all these genetic changes, if you go in and you make all these genetic changes, well, let's be honest, what have they been doing? Yeah, exactly. They're that, forcing that's what I was. The evolutionary changes. Going with it, they're they're forcing yeah. the evolutionary changes at a rapid pace. Now, to be fair, intelligent design, because this is this is the caveat. We're we're talking about evolution and we're changing and all of these kind of things, right? Which we are. We are evolving. We are. We are. Uh, if you look at our societies back in the day and you look at society now, uh, it has evolved. It has changed. It has adapted. This is true. Uh, but we're still the same species. That's the thing. What they're what they're saying is we're going to we're going to convert into like AI or we're going to dump our minds into machines. Um, That's another one that I think is going to be completely impossible. I don't think you're going to be able to retain you and you be you inside of a machine. I, I don't think that's possible. You're going to have to retain parts of you, the organic you, augment you with uh, artificial. So you're going to be an augmentation of of flesh and machine. I think that's possible. But dumping you into a machine wholly and you're solely a machine now? No, not possible. That's not going to happen. But uh, to the other the other points there in that video, they were pointing out things like Star Trek, for example. They were referencing, well, in Star Trek, they had it wrong. No, actually, if you look at the lore in Star Trek, they showed that evolution, genetic augmentations is extremely dangerous and we cannot do it. It is banned across the galaxy Eugenics because it works. is so dangerous. Yeah, eugenics wars. You look at the Klingons. They, they they play with this idea with the Klingons. The whole you you look at the classic, uh, the TOS, the original Star Trek. You look at those Klingons just look like normal people, right? They went through genetic augmentation, and then you have the ones that look like Worf and the newer ones, and then now even Discovery. They're even far more different than they were in uh, the TNG. Or, or DS9. And the whole idea is they went through genetic augmentation. There was there was an augment that happened and it, it ended up being detrimental to their race, caused problems, and then they, they tried to revert it. And now they're in a, a somewhat stable, what you see in TNG, they're at a stable point now. They've, they've fixed the problems that they have, but now they're no longer the same that they were. It, it, it's a problem. So I, I guess he failed, <laughs> failed to, to catch that in the series that it, it, it's a problem. It's detrimental. Even even with cybernetics and everything, it, it's still frowned upon in there. They they replace uh, like when you when you it's not really frowned upon, I guess, because you you technically have Jordy who has cybernetics, but typically they try to find a natural organic way to fix it, like giving you a cloned part or you know something like a synthetic part that's uh, an augment of synthetic and nat uh, you know organic. But they never go the full bore. You're you're, you're just you know genetics is augmentation is good. Um, again, when you start getting into the world of uh, uh, genetic augmentation, you're you're playing with eugenics. That's literally what's going. You're going to have designer babies. That is literally eugenics. It, it, let's say society changes and their perspective. Let's say it's more acceptable to have I don't know a certain hair color or or a certain skin tone or a certain height or something like. Let let's say that's the societal accepted uh, or or. You know, you're you're more um, you you have more relevance um, in society or something. Can, you know, it, can we can can we say Ubermensch because that's literally what Mengele and company were trying yeah, to do. Yeah. Which, if you that's look at Mengele and company, that's that's to. a modern day Doctor Fauci is what that is. Yeah. 
that's what I'm alluding to. If if but the the difference is is it's not a they're not being racist in this scenario. You're not being racist in in doing this. You're just doing it because it, it it's like a fad. It's it's a trend. Uh, you know, for example, if the fad is I don't I don't know, I don't know uh, being Ukraine. bald, for example, <laughs> you, Ukraine. You got to support Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, whatever the fad is, you could say you could see trends in in augmenting a human with genetics. And you could you could essentially eradicate accidentally, not not intentionally, not like you're not you don't have malicious intent, but you could accidentally completely eradicate uh, parts of our society with, with genetic augmentation. So it, it is so dangerous. They don't care. They're destructive in their patterns. That's what they do. They don't know how to build these people. None of these people do. None of these people know how to build. You're going to tell me that Klaus Schwab is some kind of builder. The man's collected a paycheck for 36 months of his entire life. He's some kind of builder. Please. And these people. I want to clarify real quick before we get far on it. I'm not against genetic augmentation. Keep uh, like I'm I'm just I don't think humanity is ready for it. Like morally, I don't think we're mature mature enough enough for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I would love to see like genetic augmentation fix things like uh, you're you're born with astigmatism or something like that, or you're born with back problems, or you're born without a limb, or you're born without you know whatever the problem is. We can fix that genetically. Well, let's fix it. But I, I don't want to see get to the point to where uh, well I I want to be black, so I'm just going to change my genetic code and my skin's going to you know go black. Or uh, I I want to be like a, a furry and I want to have fur all over. I, I mean. I don't want to see that kind of thing happen because if that becomes a fad and that that's like it's so accessible to everyone that you could just go to the go to the local store, you know, program what you want to the gene sequence you want. And then, boom, you could have something like we're not ready for that kind of power. And I would argue even more that these people certainly aren't ready for that kind of power because they don't have a moral compass of any kind. You know, on the designer baby thing, is that even possible? And when I say possible, I mean from the point of programming. From like a scientific point. Yeah, programming genetics is completely different to the natural form of conception and, and life taking its own form. That has to be it has to be almost in line for it to work and and to have everything done properly. But that's nature taking its course. This other method, these designer babies, that's not. That's not at all. That's programming. And you've said it yourself. If you get one thing wrong when it comes to uh, to the gene sequence, that's it. I mean, what's to say yeah. that you program something? Let's say you program you want a designer kid or whatever. Let's say you program one and you have one. All of a sudden... Seven and a half years, eight years, nine years, 11 years, whatever, something goes horribly wrong. An unforeseen set of circumstances. And in the meantime, you've already got millions of people that think, hey, I like that design. I'm going to take that design. Well, it's too late. It's already been programmed at inception. And now you're at endgame. What do you do? I, I believe in the Star Trek universe, there's uh, the Klingons had created a basically, they started augmenting themselves. And then there was a virus that came from that. There was like a Exactly as you were saying, there was a problem and they had to go back and correct the problem. And uh, a bunch of um, things that can't happen, uh, like time travel, um, happened. Uh, they went and got the, uh, I forget what they called it in, 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 their, uh, in, in the series, but they basically took one of the main characters in, in the show who was part Klingon, part human, and used them to fix the problem that they had. Um, and... That basically, that's to your point, though, about the uh, can can we even do this? 
Uh, theoretically, yeah, if we can understand everything and how it works. Um, the problem is, is if you change the hair color, you're also going to change skin tone. You're going to change eye color. It, like it, you're going to change the texture of the hair. There's so many different things that are tied together when you change it. Theoretically, we could probably do it and figure it out, but uh, it's going to take time, experimentation, and how much damage is going to is going to come from that experimentation. Uh, and as you said, what happens if you get it wrong? We we don't know. We can't. <laughs> you can't calculate it. So what do you do? What do you do when something's wrong? Well, when something's wrong, you fix it. But if you're looking at designer humans in this respect, let's face it, in the world that we live in, with the types of attitudes that we have, the types of attitudes and the the lack of morality that you have from uh, a supposed upper class, that kind of thing becomes a commodity. That's what it would become. And what happens with commodities when they become oversaturated? Well, they lose value and you just toss them aside. And my fear would be that right there is you get too many things of, you know, you you go down that road too much, then it becomes uh, an oversaturation of the marketplace. It loses value. And what do you have then? You have expendable humans, which they're already looking at us as, as expendable anyway. Everybody's become a uh, become a lab rat over the last three years to help them advance this uh, this sick eugenics agenda that they're on. And that's what it's become. Or do you have a malicious individual come in and uh, intentionally design a virus that targets a specific strain? Uh, for example, uh, they create a virus that targets people with red hair or they target people with blue eyes or something like that. They, they oh. theoretically could create a, a virus that would do that. China would love that, wouldn't they? Oh, I'm sure they would. Um, okay. And I, I suppose... Um, that's that was an interesting conversation. Transhumanism. We don't talk about that enough. We should we should go down that road more often. Let's talk about cognitive dissonance for a little bit. You know, I um I know people that have taken certain steps in the last few years to um well do what they thought they needed to do. I'll just leave it at that. And some of them have been okay. Others have not. Some of them have paid the ultimate price. And I'm talking about people that I know. And those that have do feel a sense of regret, at least in my own personal experience from speaking to certain people. But nothing, nothing shocked me as much as what I read out of a U.S. representative this afternoon. This is cognitive dissonance to the highest degree. Now, I don't know what the rep has said after this. I'm not here to to lionize the family or to create some kind of a problem here at all whatsoever. I'm not I'm not doing that. That's not the kind of person that I am. But what I am doing now is I'm connecting some dots and I'll show you exactly what I have done to connect these dots. U.S. Representative Sean Caston from Illinois on April 19th, 2021, was responding to a tweet by Axios. Axios tweeted the following. All U.S. adults are now eligible for COVID-19 vaccine meeting Biden's April 19th deadline. Do you remember the deadline? He talked about it. Oh, by this date, we'll have all the vaccines available for everybody in every age group that uh, has the emergency use authorization. Representative Kasten tweeted the following on April 19th. Great news. My 16-year-old daughter just got registered for hers in Illinois. Sign up and get vaccinated if you haven't already. July 13th of 2021, an individual named Brett Kelman tweeted the following. Tennessee Department of Health halts all vaccine outreach to kids, not just for COVID-19, but all diseases, amid pressure from the GOP. Staff ordered to remove the agency logo from any documents providing vaccine info to the public per internal documents. Representative, U.S. Representative from Illinois, Sean Caston, replied to this 
on the same day, July 13th, 2021, on Twitter, he tweeted the following. This is murderous. Stop it. The Enlightenment was a step forward in human progress. Again, we're talking about transhumanism, human progress today. Vaccines save lives. Every single person politicizing vaccine distribution has blood on their hands for what follows. Okay. All right. Again, he's entitled to his opinion. He's allowed to have that. No argument there. Okay. So you fast forward to five days ago. Representative Sean Caston says his 17-year-old daughter, Gwen, died peacefully in her sleep. She reportedly died inside the family's home. They're mourning the loss of their 17-year-old daughter on Wednesday and said that the teen died peacefully in her sleep. The Illinois Democrat released a heartbreaking statement that said his oldest daughter, Gwen Caston, went to bed Sunday night and never woke up. Is this cognitive dissonance? People that are so involved in the agenda that they cannot break free from it. As I said yesterday, I, I'm still seeing people. I, I saw people today. I saw people standing in front of me. One person in front of me in the checkout line was wearing an N95 mask. I, I, I just, I can't get over this. The level of hysteria. I know that there's another underlying issue here, and I don't have all the answers. Believe me, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying as best I can to understand this, and I'm working on other things at the moment. We're, we're working on other things to, to speak with other people to explain this. But my biggest fallacy in the last three years, all of the harping and the screaming and and the the complaining and and everything that we've been pointing out up here over the last three years. My problem is I'm looking at this from an investigative mindset. That's my problem, is I'm looking at things from a criminal mindset. I'm trying to get in the mind of a criminal psychopath. I'm trying to get into the mind of a sociopath. I'm trying to get in the mind of an organized crime syndicate. That's what I'm trying to do. That's how I'm trying to justify this to myself. And I'm running into walls. There's another problem here, and it's way outside of my area of expertise. This has to do with psychology and mass manipulation. We've talked about mass formation, psychosis and hypnosis and, and all that stuff. And that's what I believe this is. I don't have any words to explain this. The, I'm talking about the, the, the tragedy. And, and this is not the only one. There's other li others like this. I saw one today of a runner, not a professional runner, just a runner that uh, runs in, uh, I believe it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was Ireland. He runs in Dublin every day. Everybody knows who he is. Younger fella in his 30s. Everybody knows who he is. He always runs past the same businesses. Everybody waves to him. They're on a first name basis kind of thing. Hey, how you doing? Fell over dead in the streets while he was running. Flopped over dead. I got a call last night. I wasn't going to mention this. I got a call last night from somebody back in the States, somebody that I knew many years ago, younger fella, much too young to have this happen to him, was on his way home, had a massive heart attack while he was driving the car. Car crashed, died in the hospital less than 24 hours later. Do you think they're going to attribute that to anything? You're going to look at that as just, oh, yeah, just one of those things. Sudden adult death syndrome. Yeah, that's what they're calling it now. Sudden adult death syndrome. I don't have words that can justify what goes through my mind in the manners of justice that these people are going to face. There's not a question of whether or not they're going to face it. It's just how long is it going to take us to get there? These people will face retribution for what they have done and what they are continuing to do. The only question that we have to ask ourselves is how long is it going to take us, as in we the people, to finally come to that realization? Because I'm only one man. I'm a man of conviction. I believe in the law. I believe in the legal letter of the law and doing things right by the book. You know, we have laws in a society because of the people in the society. We have beliefs 
of ourselves and what we expect of other people, and we build our institutions of justice around that. Who are we if we continue to allow this? What does that say about not our institutions, but what does that say about us? We're the ones that allow those institutions to continue. Those institutions are supposed to be based on our ideals in society, what we expect to be as the right thing and what's just and what's moral. But yet we're all stuck in either cognitive dissonance on one side or complacency in the other. And, and this goes further than COVID. I'm talking about the things we started with tonight, the economy. $5 a gallon doesn't get you off the sofa. Will $10 a gallon? Will empty shelves in the store? Will that get you off the couch? No electricity? NASCAR being shut off? No parts for your pickup truck? I'm just, I'm just trying to pick something here that will snap people out of it on both sides. I'm not sure that there is a way to snap the person out of it that is still in the cognitive dissonance. I don't think there is any hope at this point. I could be mistaken. I hope I'm mistaken. But I don't think that there is any hope to wake those people up at this point. And I'm talking about the ones that are on shot number five looking for six. I don't think there's any way to reach that. But there's still hope for those of us that are complacent on this side of the aisle. And I hate looking at things as an, as an us and them. But, well, let's be honest, the people that are running this clown show, they've made it that way, haven't they? I don't think we're going to wake those ones up, the, the cognitive dissidence ones. When it comes, for example, it comes to the vaccines as an example. If I show, which I've done this, I've tried to show this individual uh, information, uh, research, numbers, statistics, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the kind of information I give them. Um, if, if ever there's, um, look, these people had adverse effects um, and their response is, well, there's no correlation. Uh, there, there, there's no, it, it doesn't, no, it's just coincidence. It, they, they refuse to see the, the statistics, the numbers, the facts, the data. To this representative that uh, had their daughter die, condolences, thoughts and prayers. Uh, it, it, that is a sad ordeal. I don't want to, you know, skip over that part. We, we also don't know the full cause of it. They've refused to say anything more on the, on the matter. Their prerogative, you know, they want privacy. Okay, that's, you know, that's their right. But looking at it, looking at it from the outside, which their account, by the way, their Twitter account doesn't even look like it's his Twitter account. It looks like it's a an aide or something like that that runs it for that's, him. I, yeah, I, I don't even think he do. does it. That's usually yeah. what they do. Because it was it, the way the, the the way it was announced and and the verbiage and and the pronouns that were used, it was in third person. It it wasn't. Um, my daughter it was you know their daughter died and so uh, it's an aide running the account they're not going to release any more information you're probably not going to hear about an autopsy uh to, to find out that it was a covid vaccine even if they did do an autopsy it, it's so unacceptable to be in, in the medical field to say yeah it was it was the the vaccine like you can't do that you're going to lose your job you're going to lose your uh, grants or whatever. So you, you can't, you can't say that unless you're someone that's already independent. I'm concerned that in the long run, and in, 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 let's say, let's say for the sake of the argument that the right wins, not the right as in like uh, conservative or, or whatever, the right as in correct, the, the ones that are following facts and data and tr the truth finders, let's say they win and they write the history books. I don't even know that this will be marked down in history as the worst atrocity in human history to date as far as medical malpractice, because they're not taking the data. 
there, there is no, like the data is not there to support it because they can't track it or they lose their job. So I, I'm, I'm skeptical that we're, we're going to get through, like we're going to solve that problem and we're going to get rid of these mRNAs and we're going to go back to traditional vaccines or hell for that matter, go back to the day where we used to have like chicken pox party, you know, where you'd have chicken pox and you... Now we need to have, have monkey pox parties. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's a different party. That is a different uh, kind of party, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, well, it depends on what group you're in. If you're part of the uh, trans that community, true. that is for that kids. Is true. So, yeah. uh, but wow, that was uh, pretty facetious. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the uh, back to that uh, representative. They're uh, they're not they're not going to talk about it. We're not no. going to see the data on this. We're not no. going to see the data on how many people have actually been hurt by the COVID vaccines. Um, like I said, the the papers that were FOIA'd that uh, like Pfizer was required to show. It was showing one in 71 infants were injured, countless numbers of, I, I think it was like 80% of, of uh, women within a certain time frame. I think it was like six months after being vaccinated, had a mis miscarriage or something like that. There's been recent studies out now that men's uh, uh, semen level is reduced by close to 80% yeah, as that well. Was that was the Pfizer like six months. release, I think. I, I yeah, heard about that. that. Was, yeah, that, 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 that's the most recent one. We don't know about boosters. We don't know how that affects reproductive. We've talked about that this is, uh, you know, it's, it's it affects women uh, that, you know, anecdotally, we've seen uh, women missing their period. As an example, um, the miscarriages isn't anecdotal. What is this going to do to the long term? Like, is this going to cause damage long term? Is this like, is this sterilizing people like we've been concerned about? Or is it just, is it not even, not necessarily sterilizing, but reducing the chances that you do have a kid so that, you know, it, it, it's population control. You can, you can go out and try to have as many kids as you want, but it's not going to happen all that often. And then if it does happen, are they going to have any problems? Are you going to choose to have an abortion instead because they're going to be so, you know, messed up? And obviously I'm not, I'm not saying you should go and have abortions. I'm just saying for their argument that what, what they're pushing. It's just, it's dark. I wouldn't expect light at the end of the tunnel with these so-called enlightened people. These are not enlightened people at all. Uh, these are these are horrible, horrible, disgusting excuses for human beings. And quite frankly, uh, what was the word you used? Evil. That was it. Evil. That's exactly what it is. Four-letter word. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's what they think of you. Okay. So I tell you what, ending on this... And I'm just going to end on this, and we'll talk about more of this later on in the week, because this goes to uh, a conversation we're going to have first part of next week with Ned. I'm sure more clips like this will be coming out in the coming days. A couple of things. So we've heard the clips before of uh, guys like Harari, you know, the useless windbag we played earlier. Uh, we've heard clips of him before saying, look, we need to now go from surveillance above the skin, you know, it's like smartphones and things like that. We need to go to surveillance under the skin, right? Of course, that was all a conspiracy theory, but we need to know what's going on inside the human body. Really? Why do you need to know that? Well, you need to know that because that's going to be part of your social credit score, how you treat yourself and how you take care of yourself and how they can control you and manipulate you through the use of your medical system is going to dictate what you can and can't buy. So they need to know Wait, what's going on with your body. You mean like what was already happening in uh, China here recently? Yes, yes, exactly mm. that. Um, yeah, I was, I was actually I was talking to uh, I was talking to Ned about that today. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later in the week. It had to do with what you mentioned about uh, the the QR codes 
So it's a similar conversation. But this, and this isn't far from that, but they need to do the chipping, right? That's the next step in this this evolutionary process that they were talking about in the video that I played earlier of Harari. So that has to be at the forefront. That's the first step. Actually, I'm sorry, that's the second step. They need you to take that on your phone first. That's the first step. Then they'll change that. That's just a, that, that's a prototype, if you will. Then that will change. That will get switched into an implantable wallet. That's what it will change to. And then all of these readers will be installed everywhere. And you'll just scan your, well, you know, the little little space in there in between your thumb and your index finger, probably on your right hand. I don't know why, but it's something about the right hand there. But it's, it's because that's the dominant hand for most sure. people. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Exactly. It's not like it has a biblical reference or anything, but no, you'll have readers installed in all of these places. You'll put your hand down. Of course, by the way, I, I don't know if you know this. Uh, Amazon already does this at certain Whole Food locations. There's a few businesses that were doing that as well. Uh, really? I, I think there was one in Canada that was uh, implanting for door access and they were actually Sweden. Well, Sweden, but it was close to home that was doing it. Uh, a oh. company here, uh, close to Canada. This was a few years back before we actually started podcasting. And I remember them fighting and saying, "Well, we, 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 some of the employees were like, we don't want this. Uh, just give us like a card or something like that.'" And they fought and fought, and then finally in court, they said, "Well, yeah, you can do the card instead." And so they did the the card instead. But yeah, they they were already doing this years ago. Uh huh. Yeah, they're they're just based, beta testing it in places where they can get away with it is all. But this. This is something you would see in China. I, I understand that. That doesn't shock me. When I see that in China, I, I'm not shocked by that. This is also what you would see in China, what I'm about to play here. Instead, though, oh boy, um, this is in Australia. Huh. And wouldn't you know it, Bruce, did you know that they've got a new subvariant of Omicron that's broken out down there? And they're expecting uh, 5,000 new cases a day, 5,000 new cases a day by mid-July. That's what they're expecting. You know, they're in the middle of winter down there. So it makes sense for them to play that card, doesn't it? Look at what's going on in Australia right now. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere and you can hear the sound of my voice, watch Australia. Australia is a bellwether. It was last year and the year before, and it will be again. They're going to go back to COVID. You know that they are. They have nothing else at this point. Why not? You've already got people still wearing masks. Why not? Fauci's out there still pushing boosters and shots and every, every other damn thing. Why not? You can already see the build up to it in the middle of summer. You can already see a happy summer solstice, by the way. This is Australia and this is coming to our nations. Make no mistake about it. To trace individuals using facial recognition. Police say it would be a crime fighting game changer, but critics warn it's a major threat to privacy. Eyes in the sky are nothing new to our city, but they've never been able to do this. One scan of your face and your whole identity can be revealed. It feels like it's like um, an invasion of privacy sometimes. It doesn't make me feel safe. It doesn't feel good to be watched. Facial and number plate recognition technology is about to be rolled out in the CBD, matching faces to databases provided by the government or private companies. It'll give police unprecedented power to track and arrest suspects. We're in the business of solving crime, and if we have technology that makes it more, 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 more easy for us to do that, then we're going to take advantage of that. But that's exactly what they've been asked not to do yet. The Australian Human Rights Commission says new privacy laws are needed first. 
people could be misidentified, unfairly targeted, and the data collected could be misused. This is a real concern and it should be addressed before we see this rolled out across the city. That's fine by me, completely fine by me. It also might keep a few uh, politicians who are doing things behind closed doors um, a little bit straighter. And facial recognition technology is still far from... But you see, it, it's good. It's good for the politicians. It, it'll keep them on the straight and narrow. Really? They, they had to throw that one lunatic in there, didn't they? They had to get that comment in there. Yeah, because, uh, okay, the, the law enforcement, one of the things that has really annoyed me over the years, it, it, at first I thought, yeah, that's, that's true. I agree with this concept. But over the years, I'm, I'm more and more, no, that's not your job at all. Um, where they say uh, our job is to fight crime. Your job and your oath is to protect the innocent. Those are two different things. When you position yourself to fight crime, and that's your first and foremost uh, effort, you're going to get a lot of innocence swept up in there. But if, you're, if your objective is to protect the innocent, that means you have to prove something was done wrong first. That's kind of what I expect from law enforcement. In fact, that's what the Constitution is, expects from law enforcement. There has to be evidence and proof of wrongdoing, and then you have to get a warrant and then you can go in and arrest the individual or confiscate property or what have you. Uh, but it has to be ordered by a judge. And then they have to see their day in court as well in front of their peers. So that, that's my stance on that. When, when law enforcement go up and say that, it, it just it just like, I don't trust you. you you're, you're one of the ones I can't trust now. Um, and, and what were they doing? Uh, what were they doing during the lockdowns in Australia? They were arresting people for making posts on social media. That's what they were doing. That constituted a criminal in Australia. Uh, and what was, it that, uh, what was it that Dan Andrews said? I don't even know what they're protesting about. It's in our intro. It was so absurd. It's in our intro. Oh, seriously, yeah. I don't know what they're protesting about. Uh, you. Oh, well, good on them, except it's illegal. Well, then who's the criminal? Who gets portrayed as the criminal? Who goes in that database? Who gets their QR code that's supposed to be a health pass? I'm doing the air quotes. Who gets that turned off then? If they show up to a yeah. protest of uh, of some scumbag like Andrews, the sky's the limit. Uh, well, and and to my my point about a lot of innocence being pulled up in that, um, what what happened in um, China was uh, there was some protests that were happening in um, what was it uh, uh, Xinjiang, I think, or something like that. I don't remember which which uh, city it was. It's one of the larger cities. Uh, they had some protests going on there. But at the same time, in the, the smaller villages, the banks there were actually uh, not allowing people to, to withdraw their money. And they started having a run on the bank because people are like, wait, I want to get my money out of the bank if you're not going to let me have it. So then some of them started going to the major cities to try to get their money out. They went in and, of course, you have to scan a QR code to, you know, uh, show that you're basically they're tracking where you're going and whether or not you've been, quote unquote, exposed to COVID-19. These people from the villages went to the city and uh, scanned the QR code and instantly their their COVID pass went from a green check, which means they don't have COVID. They're free to take transits and all the public transit and everything. Uh, it immediately went to red, meaning they are to be arrested and thrown into quarantine. That's what the red means. Some of them were arrested and thrown into quarantine. Some of them were arrested and said, just get out of the city. And then a few hours later, their uh, red mark, check mark, went to green. Uh, or was red X goes to a green check mark. But anyway, they use that to control. That, that, that's the point in all of this. A bunch of 
people that are innocent that weren't involved in the protests that weren't involved with what was going on were there legitimately trying to do business and they were swept up in someone else's wrongdoing well what the ccp said was wrongdoing why why do we think this isn't going to happen in our neck of the woods it it, it absolutely is going to happen absolute power corrupts absolutely it's very well said sir Unfortunately, we're going to have to end there. And like I said, I do expect more conversations like this to be happening uh, the rest of this week. So for those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up? You know someone you're trying to get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.